this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. As we work our way through exploring these I am sayings from the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world, I am the bread of life, and today is I am the vine and you are the branches. And I happen to think this is a pretty great week to talk about this vine image because outside, I mean this morning I stepped outside and the birds were chirping and you just know, you can begin to believe that spring is really going to come. This is the time of year that I start thinking about what I'm going to plant and what I'm going to grow in my garden this year. I just have fun dreaming about what's going to happen with spring. And especially this year, one year COVID-19 has entered our world. I don't know about you, but I find myself even more hopeful in the future of what is to come with Easter this year. I am the vine, Jesus says, you are the branches. Now before I read this passage, and I'm going to actually just stick with eight verses here, I decided to focus on the first eight verses in chapter 15, but when when the context of this passage, when Jesus says this teaching, he's actually has just celebrated that last supper in the upper room with his disciples. And the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, Jesus teaches a lot during this time in this last supper meal. It's when he says, um, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you by this. They will know you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. And he takes a bowl of water and he washes the disciples' feet course showing him what he means by such love in that way but after the meal Jesus says something like let us rise and let us be on our way but he keeps on talking he keeps on teaching and it's in this moment that chapter 15 of John Jesus says I am the vine and my father is the vine grower he removes every branch in me that bears no fruit Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Now when we moved into our first house in Tennessee, There was this perfect space along our garage wall between two pretty big windows, this blank 
space. And I decided I was going to plant a beautiful flowering vine there, a purple clematis. And I, I got it, I, I put it in a pot, and I grew it for a while, and then I got a trellis, and what I planned to do was have the vine grow through the trellis, and then I was going to put up some strings, and it would grow across the top of the garage, so it would just look like Southern Living in Martha Stewart's house. That's, that's what I pictured. And then as it started to grow, and I was pleased by that, I remember we had a setback because we... We hired a neighborhood guy to cut our yard, and he accidentally mowed over it. And I despaired, but that vine came back the next spring, and it was stronger and more beautiful than ever. Except the thing about that vine that I remember is that I try, I, my plan for it to all grow out and cascading, it just, I couldn't keep up with it. It, it grew into this giant knot blob of a vine where they were all intertangled together and frankly the flowers were beautiful but Martha Stewart would never have approved and every year the knot just got bigger and bigger and bigger and I just gave up on it and said you do your thing but I think about that vine I think about the image of that big knot of a vine how they intertangled with each other every time I hear Jesus say I am the vine and you are the branches. Every time I think of how those little vines were determined to hold on to each other, this interconnected way, they knew, they just knew instinctively in their little plant biology that to survive, they needed and wanted to hold tight to each other and they had to stick close to the source of their vine. The one with the roots, the source of their strength. I am the vine, he says, you are the branches. He did not say, you all are each a cornstalk and I am the farmer. He gives us a message and an image of interconnectedness, of interdependence. I am the vine and you are the branches. My father is the vine grower. And our job of close is, is obvious, to bear fruit, to bloom, to bear fruit and grow. But according to, do, according to Jesus, we need to remember our connectedness to the vine grower with deep, strong roots. We need to be connected. And then there's this talk in there of this image about pruning being cut back, even throwing away withering branches so that new branches can grow. It almost feels counterintuitive to prune something, doesn't it? If you, if you do it to, to see it pulled away or removed, it almost feels brutal in the moment to look at it, but that's what needs to happen for new growth to, to happen. And it's true, it's something I think worth remembering even today in our own lives that sometimes in our own lives growing is hard. To grow can be painful and scary and challenging. Anyone remember what growing pains feels like? As a pretty tall person, I well remember having growing pains. But the truth is, I think we forget 
that growing pains aren't just physical. It can be hard to be growing and stretching in a new direction. And when you're going through it, it can feel hard and scary. And it's good, I think, to remind ourselves of this because when we are in the thick of it, when we are right in the middle of it, you sort of feel like you're that plant that's been pruned. You just, you don't look good. <laughs> it's brutal. Things have been cut away and cut back. And if you were to just go by way the plant looks at that very moment, you might think the worst. But that's not the case. And maybe there have been times in your own life even where it's only in looking back to that thing that you thought was so terrible, that job you didn't get, that scholarship you didn't receive, all your perfectly laid plans for how you expect your life to go. And when it all falls apart, we can begin to despair. But what if, what if it's simply God pulling away so that new growth can happen? What if that means God is preparing you for something new in your life? God could be doing a new thing. And I mention this because I think it's almost impossible to see it when we're in the middle of it. And if right now you know that you might need a reminder of this, the good news is that it's literally right outside. Just look outside right now. I mean, the grass is still brown and the ground is sort of wet and muddy and the trees are bare, but new life is coming. New life is coming. And if you look closely, you can see proof of that around us. Little daffodil shoots starting to spring up two Canadian geese that are making their nests in our pond, in our backyard. New life is coming forth. And I hope you never lose sight of this, that growth can be hard and scary, but God is often preparing us for something new, and sometimes it just looks ugly before it gets better. And so while you wait, while you're waiting for signs of new life in your own life, remember to seek and to cling to the source of our life, your foundation, your roots, your strength in him. That vine, the branches, they are connected. We need each other, that source of our life and strength, and you can't make it without him. Jesus actually puts it bluntly to those of us who think that we can do it all on our own, that we can fix it all on our own. Those of us that don't want to need anyone or anything, even Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says, whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burn. Now please, don't hear this as some sort of threat or else. Hear this as Jesus reminding us of our interdependence yet again, that we need him. 
And we need to cling to the source of our life and strength. And without him, we can do nothing. Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Actually, in those eight verses, he says the word abide a lot. Abide. When's the last time you ever heard someone use abide in everyday conversation right now? We, no one ever really says, well, I see a few nods. Well, I don't hear much. I don't hear, you know, where do you abide? We, we don't really say that too much. Where do you live? Abide, meno in Greek, means to dwell, to stay, to remain. So it's like Jesus is saying, where, make your home in me, dwell in me, remain in me. There it is, that interconnectedness again, that we can't go it alone. Like I mentioned earlier, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for what's to come. I think he's trying to prepare them for life even without his physical presence. And you know, his disciples, they had to be scared. Everybody, there was talk. There was a target on Jesus' back that his days were numbered. What was going to happen to Jesus? What was going to happen to them? They who've left everything to follow him. What was going to happen next? And into this moment, Jesus gives them an image that they know and understand. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Make your home in me. It's ironic, coming from a rabbi who has no roof over his head or a house to claim of his own. Make me your home. Dwell in me. Abide. And maybe today you realize that you've been trying to live your life like you're your own little solo vine out there on your own. Maybe it's time to think about the priorities that your own life has. Maybe you like to think you don't need anyone or depend on anyone, even if it is Jesus. What priorities do our lives show? And maybe it's time to reconnect to reevaluate our connection to the vine grower and the vine. And the good news for all of us is that there's never not a good time to do it because the phone lines are always open. Or maybe a better image today is the internet never goes down with him, always available 24-7, anytime, any moment is a chance to connect. Don't forget that. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. And I was thinking all week long about what that word means to abide. Like, where have I, where have I seen that? Where have I known that in my own life, of people abiding in him? And I immediately thought of Back when I was doing some chaplaincy work at UK Hospital in Lexington years ago now, and as chaplains do, you typically make your rounds, but you always respond all day long to people's requests to see a chaplain, and this had been a request. And I went up to the floor, which I knew to be the cancer floor, and I went up to the nurse's desk just to get an idea of what I was coming into in the room. I said, what's, what's the deal here? And 
they essentially said, well, she's pretty young and surgery tomorrow and it's bad. At least it could be really, really bad. We don't know. They'll find out more tomorrow. So I went into the room, and one thing I remember about that room is the, the life that was in there. There were kids' drawings in the room, and flowers, and stuffed animals, and then she was sitting in the bed, cross-legged, probably in her mid to late 30s. Of course, didn't look sick at all. And we chatted a bit, and she told me straight up that she had sent everybody home. She said, I told my mom, my husband, everybody go home. I just need to be with the kids. I needed some time to rest. And she said, but truthfully, I knew that tonight God and I needed to have a little one-on-one -on -one time. She had her Bible out. And we chatted for a while. And as always, I said, can I pray with you? And she said, of course. That's, that's really why I want you here. And I, I had the good sense in that moment to say, what do you want me to pray for? Because I was about to launch into a prayer for healing, for the surgeon's hands, to hear the news, we got it all. And um, she thought for a moment, and she said, pray for my kids, pray for my family. This is hard. And she said, and then pray for me that I might have courage to face whatever I've got to face tomorrow, and that no matter what I hear, I know that he is with me. Abide. Abide. Maybe you know this old hymn. Abide with me, fast falls the even tide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Amen.